Kamusta! This is your host Alicia, aka your favorite Asian. I hope everyone had a rejuvenating week filled with reflection and relaxation, and we are a few days closer to a new president. I wanted to talk about something fun regarding Asian American culture because although boba tea is not a Filipino drink, I am a big fan and I thought it would be interesting to research the history of boba. So what is boba? If you are like me, you love trying different flavors and are always trying to find the best boba place, which is honestly so hard when there's not a lot of Asian cultural influences in the area I live. Boba is a Taiwanese cold drink made with tea, milk, and tapioca pearls. The drink as a whole is also known as bubble tea, pearl tea, or tapioca tea, depending on what part of the country you are from. The tapioca pearls that are also called boba are generally made from cassava starch, a root vegetable from South America that is also referred to as yuca. So boba is technically a cassava starch ball. This root vegetable came to Asia by Portuguese traders since Taiwan had similar climate for the vegetable to grow. Originally, boba pearls were used in shaved ice desserts and paired with syrups, beans, and chewy rice balls. Boba culture started in the late 80s in Taiwan. Milk tea was already well known in Taiwan as tea drinking was a regular activity in East Asia. Boba culture made its way to America through Taiwanese neighborhoods. Starting in the 90s, boba also became a huge craze in the US following the widespread immigration of Taiwanese people and the growing popularity of cafe culture due to places like Starbucks. I posted on the podcast Instagram the other day saying that boba is an Asian girl Starbucks and honestly, it's so true. The boba market is valued at $5.3 billion. But who created boba tea? Well, according to an article by Boba Green, there were two creators in Taiwan. The first one is the Shanshu Tang Tea House in a city in the middle of Taiwan. Miss Lin Chu Wei is also known as the one that came up with the idea of adding the sweet tapioca balls to the usual milk tea. According to an interview with Asian Boss, the idea came to her on a hot summer day. She was the product manager by then and was supposed to shop for products for the shop, so decided on tapioca pearls, since tapioca pearls itself were already a common snack. The idea of adding them into milk tea was a spontaneous action, merely because she missed her childhood memories of eating the pearls. She then shared the new invention with her colleagues and CEO. They loved the drink, and shortly after, they began selling it in their tea shop. She has worked at the tea house for more than 35 years because the tea house opened opened in 1983. By 1990, her invention was made in all over Taiwan. The second creator was in the Hanlin Tea House in a city in southern Taiwan. There was a man named Tu Song Hee who added white tapioca balls to his milk tea. The color white made the tapioca balls look like pearls, which eventually gave it the name pearl milk tea. Later, they switched to the black tapioca balls by adding brown sugar into the recipe. In the interview of Asian Boss with Miss Lin, she discussed how since they did not patent the creation and just released the product, this is why there are two creators, but revealed that their Shanshu Tang Tea House released before Hanlin Tea House. Regardless of who invented boba tea first, I think we can all agree that we are thankful for these two creators because boba tea is so tasty. Making boba is quite simple, but the hardest and most important part is preparing the tapioca balls. They are sold dry and then have to be boiled for 30 minutes and cooled for 30 minutes. Your tapioca balls cannot be too squishy or all of them will stick together 
in the cup. And if it's too hard, they will be impossible to chew. The tea base for boba drinks is usually black or green tea and can be customized with an array of syrups like peach, strawberry, and lychee. The classic boba milk tea, which is my favorite besides mango boba tea, is a black tea with milk and boba. Some boba teas stray away from the conventional green and black tea base. Taro milk tea is made from the tropical taro root, while fruit teas might have fresh fruit or coffee teas might have like matcha in it. When your boba drink is ordered, customized with ice levels, sweetness, and toppings galore, your creation typically goes with a special sealing machine. Boba straws are larger than typical straws to accommodate the chunks of tapioca, fruit chunks, or whatever else you have in your beverage, and come with a pointed tip to pierce through the sealed top of your drink. I know I am not the only one who sometimes breaks the whole seal on accident because I push my straw through the seal too hard. Now you're probably wondering, why is boba tea so good? Like, why do I crave it sometimes? Well, according to an article in Goody Feed, a cup of bubble tea definitely has more caffeine than a cup of coffee and about four times more caffeine than a can of Coke. As someone who loves to drink Coca-Cola and literally gives it up each year for Lent because of how much I drink it, this is probably also why I love boba tea so much. I do not drink coffee, so honestly, this all makes sense, really. According to caffeineinformer.com, in which they tested 10 samples of bubble tea, the amount of caffeine in each cup is about 100 to 160 milligrams, which average out to about 130 milligrams per cup. A cup of coffee has about 100 milligrams. So honestly, if you feel bad for drinking so much coffee, try boba tea to get more of an energized effect while still trying to seem healthy by drinking tea. At least that's that's what I'm gonna tell myself. And with that, this is the history of boba tea. So grab yourself some boba today because, you know, treat yourself. Today, we will be discussing the Youngju Lee missing person case. Now, I know people call him Andy due to the fact that that is his nickname. So if you listen to this case and spot him, he goes by both Andy and Youngju. So Lee lived in a neighborhood on the northwest side of Chicago with his parents who immigrated to the United States. There were many inconsistencies saying he was an exchange student, but after researching, I found someone that used to live near him saying he was not an exchange student and was enrolled in Chicago's public school. According to the same neighbor, Lee had a very bad habit of hanging out with the wrong people in high school. There's little information found on his life before he went missing, so if you find any more information or know him personally, please email me so I can update y'all next week. According to the Fox 32 Chicago, 18-year-old Lee was last seen on November 11, 2020. He was out with a female friend when a man offered him and his friend a cigarette. Not to their knowledge, the cigarette was laced. The friend was able to escape, but Lee was nowhere to be found. As of December 9, 20. 2020, there was an update of his last known location being the Albany Park neighborhood near Pulaski and Foster. His phone and clothes were discovered at the scene. By December 20, 2020, there was another updated location of the missing report saying he was missing from West Foster Avenue and North Harlem Avenue in Chicago. These type of discrepancies with the location of Lee has led him to not be found yet. Lee is 5 foot 5, 135 pounds with brown eyes, black hair, and has a fair complexion, police said. He was wearing a pink hoodie and black jeans at the time he was last seen. He is known to frequent the CTA blue line. Apparently, the police have deprioritized this case, and this is why the case has been stagnant for over two months. According to friends, Lee does not speak fluent English, and due to Illinois being severely cold during this time, it is urgent to find him. Allegedly, the last person to see Lee was a man named Eric, who was recently let go 
go at his hotel employment. What I find strange about this case though is that there are reports that he was with a female friend, yet there's no confirmed suspect. Like if you were actually with a friend and the cigarette was laced, you would think the friend would come forward and say that it is in fact Eric, who they were with or not. If you search Youngju Lee on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, there are many hashtags and accounts made from friends asking for more awareness of this case. Anyone with information is asked to contact Area 5 detectives at 312-746-6554. And with that, we hope young Julie is found. Right now, I am watching Night Stalker on Netflix, so hopefully with grad school starting up again this week, I will be able to finish the series in order to cover the case next week. I think there are only like four episodes, so I should be able to finish it in order to cover it. Follow me on Instagram at your favorite Asian podcast and hit that follow button on Spotify if you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any cases that you would like me to cover, please email me at yourfavoriteasianpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to show kindness and please advocate for equality. Pa'alam, and I'll talk to you again next Sunday.